Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Today's episode are going to be our NFL Week 7 preview. We're going to do a little bit of game day quick listen uh, recap for the week and then some stuff we like to we want to acknowledge heading into this Week 7 slate of games. But bringing back my good friend and co-host Connor Larson. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, what's poppin', Benny? What's poppin'? Connor is getting amped for, he's got a Halloween party tonight, so we gotta get in and out on this one. We're, we're trying to just do some quick hits. Um, I know we're, we're, we're recording this on a Saturday, so we want to just kind of steer this podcast more for like a quick listen before the slate of games for Sunday, get you guys some tips, um, and, and we'll, we'll make it short and sweet. Sound good, buddy? Yeah, my wife will kill me if I don't help start decorating and figure out my costume. So definitely, uh, definitely on board for a quick episode today. You know, quick, quick little preview before tomorrow's games. For sure, we can't, we can't have Demi mad at Connor. We don't want to put him in the doghouse. Oh no. Okay, buddy. All right, let's kick it off with our vicious players of the week. We are going to be doing that. We've been doing this uh, for the last few weeks now. We're just going to be highlighting some of our favorite players um, across, you know, predict mostly football. But um, I think I'm going to branch out here with my vicious players of the week, um, and we're just going to kind of acknowledge some of our favorite um, players and, and people in the sports community um, throughout the last week. Connor, who's going to be your vicious players of the week? Yeah, so the guy I'm going to go with is uh, regular season Lenny. And uh, the reason I bring him up is exactly for the reaction you had when we were talking in the pre-show. You, you were like, what, really? Leonard Fournette, he had that good of a game? Well, the answer is yes. He had 120 combined total yards and two touchdowns. This is the third consecutive game for him, over 100 yards. And this is a guy that really isn't getting much hype this season. He's been the number one running back the past three weeks, 28 touches last week. So if he's able to continue this, you have one of the better values of the draft. Um, you know, essentially RB like 25 or 30 coming off the board, he's going to be a number one, uh, number one running back on your team possibly for the rest of the season. So the easy pick would be Derek Henry at the running position. He's been amazing all season, but you know, just wanted to give a regular season Lenny a quick shout out this week after a huge performance. Certainly right. Rightfully so. I mean, he had a great game last week. Tampa Bay's offensive line has been killing it for him. They're third in adjusted line yards right now. 5.02 adjusted line yards um, per play. So for the situation for Fournette has really just improved over the last six weeks. Um, and he's, he's really capitalizing on that. Been an, an excellent fantasy pick. Um, for guys and someone that I actually kind of pitched towards, you know, maybe maybe selling high, um, and I, I think that could possibly be the case. I believe his rest of season schedule is maybe a little bit more daunting than his early season schedule. Um, and you know, like you said, he does have kind of that RB one value at this point. Maybe he could get a good haul for a guy like that, um, especially because you know he does have some history. Pick up uh, he, he he never really seems to go through a full season without picking up some sort of nagging injury. Um, and so that could always be something around the corner as well. But I like that pick for the week. All right. My vicious player of the week. I got to go with someone out of the football realm. And we had the Major League Baseball playoffs going on. It's been a really good, especially the both championship series were very uh, competitive. And the Dodgers and Braves are playing tonight in game six. The Astros took the Red Sox in game six to uh, go to the World Series last night. So my vicious players of the week is going to be Jordan Alvarez and the Houston Astros. Alvarez has been an animal and someone that I actually, you know, I, I like I, nobody really, we're not like Astros fans and, and I'm an Angels fan. So really on the contrary, I actually really dislike the Astros, but I got to give them the roses, man. They're, they've been playing really well in the postseason. They're just a team that seems to have finally all the chips kind of clicking after that whole scandal with them and the cheating, the, the, the cheating scandal they had. Um, 
and really just a team that is showing their their experience and their pedigree in the playoffs you know the last couple seasons they've been very competitive in the playoffs but they didn't really seem to have everything kind of clicking for them on all facets and they really seem to have that finally um they're they're for the most part fully healthy aside from a few pitchers injuries i know mccullers has been kind of he missed the championship series he hasn't been declared any um one way or the other for the world series Zach Greinke hasn't really been himself. Um, you know, Justin Verlander's been out all season long. But they got major contributions from guys like Luis Garcia last night who was throwing like three to four miles per hour faster than he ever had all season. He have uh, Framber Val- uh, Valdez, who's been really good at a wicked curveball. Um, you know, Christian Javier out of the bullpen, someone who they relied on heavily out of the bullpen as a long relief guy. That becomes increasingly valuable in the playoffs around this time. So they have a lot of contributions from guys you wouldn't really expect coming out of their bullpen, coming out of the starting staff. And um, it's been spearheaded by this elite offensive attack that the Astros have and, and spearheaded the offensive attack primarily from Jordan Alvarez. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Tucker has been awesome himself too. But Alvarez, four, four for four last night, went... A completely ballistic in the ALCS. I believe he had more hits in the ALCS than the Red Sox had in the last like three games, um, or maybe two games. The Red, the, or I can't remember the stat I saw. It was something along those lines where Alvarez <laughs> is basically out hitting the entire Red Sox team in the championship series. Um, Single handedly, that guy has just been on a, a, a absolute tear and um, you know if he could, if he's going to keep it going in the World Series, I don't see how either the Dodgers or the Braves upset um, the Astros. I think they have a full head of steam going into the World Series. Probably the, the, the best bet heading into that that you know that championship. And so that's kind of the point here. Um, Astros are, are going to get their roses here in the Vicious Player of the Week because I think um, them and, and especially Alvarez have been on an absolute tear. And got to give them their, their due, their, 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 uh, their praise here. They, it's well-deserved. Yeah, you're right to call out some some of the great baseball that's been happening. And, you know, Jordan Alvarez still feels like someone who, for some reason, is either under the radar or underrated. And yeah. maybe it's because of the team he plays on. But for his age and the power that he has and the impact he's already been having in the huge playoff moments, I, I think that, you know, people are going to start to recognize his value throughout the playoffs now. Only other guy I wanted to mention here, obviously Derek Henry, Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. All those guys had great weeks in football, um, kind of the obvious place. But I want to shout out Steph Curry. He, I, I watched a good amount of the Clippers-Warriors um, first game for the Clippers um, a couple nights ago, and, and Curry single-handedly beat the Clippers. He looks like a man on a mission this season. Talked about already, like there's a story about how he in the offseason he was working out with this shooting coach and saying that every time he didn't swish a shot, it was considered a miss. They were considering it a miss. And he dove into even like more data um, this offseason with like shooting trajectory, finding like the rotation of the ball, like how far like down the middle of the hoop was he hitting shots, like analyzing all these different things about his shot and just becoming an absolute perfectionist. Something that like, you know, we already thought he was. He's already like, undoubtedly the greatest shooter in NBA history. And he, he somehow seems to have gotten even better this year. Um, currently tied for the favorite and MVP odds right now with Giannis. I think rightfully so. Those two guys look absolutely animalistic to start the NBA season. Um, Seth Curry, though, one a, a worthy candidate for Vicious Player of the Week. I like it. Chef Curry, dude. I'm starting to think about dinner now. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, we, we'll get you. We'll get you in and out, Connor. Quick, quick. You're killing me, Smalls. Quick, you're killing me, Smalls segment here. Worst performances of the week. Who's your, your killing me, Smalls guy this week? 
Uh, you have written down here, Ben Simmons. And I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. The guy freaking gets kicked out of practice, clearly mailing it <laughs> yeah. in just like the comments from the teams really trying to create some separation. But, um, you know, Embiid originally was like, you know, I don't really care about that guy anymore, but then he saw the impact yeah. of all the fans. And so he tried to like tamper it down. But I mean, clearly this team is ready to move on. The divorce is, is on its way. The papers are mailed yeah. in. They're just figuring out the logistics with the lawyers at this point. Right. I I don't know. It's, it's really um, a bizarre storyline. And he came out with that. I mean, it was really the, the last card he had to play was the mental health thing. And he talked about how he's not mentally ready to play this year and, and contribute to their team. Seemed like it was a desperation play. I really hope he's not, you know, tainting the validity of mental health and how important that is in sports and in life and, and in general. If he's going to play that card, I hope it's I hope it's valid. That's all I got to say about that. Because if it's not, that, that's really that really sucks. Because this guy's really just playing this whole thing. Um, and... and it really shows you, like, my major question with Simmons was, like, is this, this the regression of the player empowerment movement? Because we've been seeing, you know, LeBron James, ever since the decision when he went to Miami, we've been seeing a major revolution of player empowerment. The players having all the uh, ability to kind of force their situations, regardless of contract status. You know, if you're a superstar in the NBA and in sports, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for you to kind of control your own destiny almost. And... We're starting to see maybe if you're not a superstar, if you don't perform on the field correctly, if you don't perform on the court correctly, it, we saw Ben Simmons struggle last year in the playoffs, and we you got to wonder is is this kind of trending in the other direction now, where the team you know has all the leverage because Ben Simmons is he, what does he have to play like what is he what cards does he have to play at this point like he's not playing well on the court, he's not playing he's not being a team player, he's not he's doing a lot of things the wrong way about this. Um, and he, he's torpedoed any trade value he had. So that's what uh, my point was with the, with the mental health. That was the kind of the, the final card he had to play to try to improve that. Um, we already saw too, as well, like LaMelo ball, John Morant before the season started, kind of said, said some things about, you know, they want to stay with their team and build a contending situation where they were drafted, where they started. Um, you know, Luka Doncic signed the max, the max extension during the offseason. After there were some rumors, you know, maybe the player empowerment start, movement started to peak. We're thinking maybe Doncic is one of the first superstars ever to kind of turn that max max extension down, try to, you know, head into free agency and and, and control his own destiny that way. Um, but nope, he signed the max extension. And, and we've already seen, you know, despite that contract status, you know, there are some players that have gone around that. But I think that's definitely a, a sign in the right direction is the point there. Um, and then we already saw Giannis kind of prove to be the antithesis of this player empowerment super team era where, you know, he won a championship with Milwaukee who was drafted there. He built, they built their whole team around him, a smaller market compared to the other um, NBA powerhouses in this league. Um, and, and Giannis kind of proved all that, you know, that strategy, you know, he proved it wrong, you know, not necessarily wrong, but he proved that there's another way to go about it. And we're starting. Maybe my thought is with this whole Ben Simmons things. Maybe it's kind of the the first snowflake that's going to start the avalanche of maybe, you know, maybe we're we're starting to turn away from that you know player mentality. Maybe towards a team more um, 
you know, away from that, you know, guys, I, it, it's, it seems to be bad for the league at times where you got Anthony Davis, James Harden, you got these, these guys are, are playing for the team that drafted them and they, they decide all of a sudden, you know, it's time for me to leave. And so there's a, there's a balance act to that, but I don't know. Well, I think the key difference between, and you mentioned Harden and Davis and Ben Simmons is that those guys were playing well on the court. Exactly. While Simmons was not while and they're trying to do the same thing and push himself out. So there's just, he, there's no leverage for him and there's no leverage for the team. Um, yeah. I, I'm it's not sure how this situation is going to end. Yeah. It's going to be, di- it's going to be difficult. Yeah. All right. Last year, Killing Me Smalls wanted to mention quickly because I got to throw a little jab in there as a Clippers fan. Lakers drama on the bench last night. You see Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis get into a little confrontation. Rajon Rondo got into it with a fan. The Lakers kind of look, you know, maybe less than what they are anticipating to be. You know, all good things for me as a Clippers fan. I kind of liked it. Their pieces didn't make sense. Their offseason moves. I never yeah. like bringing Russ in. He's not a shooter, especially when Buddy Heald was sitting out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right a trade sure. target. I don't think they made the right move in bringing in another ball, ball heavy, ball dominant, non-shooter. And you yeah. know, it's LeBron's team, so I'm not sure how Russ is going to manage to play second fiddle in that situation. Yep, yep. I, I like the the uh, the rocky start for the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll see how that plays out. They, they still have LeBron and AD, so they'll, for they'll sure. be fine. But for sure, there's the, championship. I, there's no the, reason, I don't know. Exactly. That's the, that because that's the expectation for that team. So right. All right. Let's head into some fantasy football talk here. The the uh, peak of our powers as a combination here on all things analysis and vicious talk with Benny P is our fantasy football analysis and our advice here. Let's start with our, our post waiver wire pickups. You know, heading to the week, we got bipocalypse this week. We have a, a lot of great fantasy teams on by, and uh, we got a lot of questions about, you know, you got an open roster spot. You got potentially an opportunity to stash a player or two that might be available in your leagues. Who are some guys that we're targeting um, in those to, to fill those extra spots, those voids that we could potentially stash a player with? Who are some guys that you're thinking about, Connor, um, adding to the, the last couple bench spots of your teams heading into week seven? I love I love the Marlon Mack option that you have up there on, on the in the show notes. Uh, multiple teams are inquiring about him to have an, uh, a role on their offense. You know, Jonathan Taylor clearly taking all the carries. Marlon Mack's been a very productive fantasy running back and, and real life running back. Um, and so, if he ends up in the right situation after a trade, you could find yourself with a starting running back. Um, so, definitely somebody you would want to stash on your bench for now. Definitely, definitely, I like that one as well um i'm kind of kick it off with somebody who i've been and i've been week in and week out the last like two or three weeks i've been talking about you know the importance of stashing this guy especially for as a as, at the very least as a handcuff to antonio gibson is Jarrett patterson backup running back for the washington football team um you know antonio gibson with the shin injury it's not gonna get better and, and that's good what's what we continue to hear that's that's what we've continued to say here on the podcast Jarrett patterson is a, is a solid running back good backup and he he's elusive. He's not gonna you know see a major dip in production. Should when ultimately, honestly, it's gonna be when Antonio Gibson misses time at some point. If you own Gibson, you need to roster Jarrett Patterson as soon as possible um, because he is a player that is going to see at least a start or two. I would bet my I would bet the house on that this season. From from week seven through seventeen, he will get at least one or two starts. And the importance of Owning your uh, 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 Antonio Gibson handcuffed is 
increasingly important. Like it's 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 growing and growing. We've seen a ton of running backs at the top end of your draft start to drop, and the the importance of guys like Damian Williams. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Chuba Hubbard. We saw the other night on Thursday night, Dearness Johnson. We've seen a lot Darryl of these guys, Daryl Williams. These guys are becoming fantasy relevant and at the drop of a hat when their 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 starters go down. These guys are backing them up with effectiveness in the fantasy game. Jarrett Patterson, I think, is gonna be someone you're gonna see on waiver wire, you know, columns very soon. Go out and grab him at least a week or two early, stash him on your roster, and you'll be thankful you did. I like that one. Anybody else you want to highlight? I have a lot of Gibson share, so I, I see you've already picked him up in multiple leagues that we're in. So you... <laughs> I picked him up in our ATA league. That's just the, that's the one. It's, we're a 14 team. A yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For, uh, for me, I, I like uh, Rashad Penny as, as a pickup, uh, the backup to Chris Carson. He's going to be activated off the IR this week. Um, and Alex Collins, uh, who played really well last week, is also heading into this one thing that questionable. So if, yeah. if, if Collins ends up missing this game, I think you can slot uh, Penny right into like a flex situation. If you're desperate in a deep league, um, you know, somebody who is a former first round draft pick and has had a lot of success on the field when healthy, the issue is he's just never been healthy the past couple of years, but he, he should be active this week. And, uh, you know, certainly could have an impact if, if Collins gets hurt in this game too. Um, you know, rest of season or, or at least for a few weeks, uh, he could have some value. Sure. Yeah. I like, I like that Rashad Penny. I think the reason why I excluded him on our show notes was the fact that he was probably picked up in a lot of waiver wire, you know, cycles this week. Um, someone who was on a lot of waiver wire columns over the last week. Um, but definitely if he is available, I would definitely take a look at, at trying to roster him. Yeah, his roster percentage was only 10%. Um, so okay. definitely should be out there in plenty of leagues. Certainly. Okay, cool. My next guy, I want to go with the wide receiver. I'm going to go with Alan Lazard, wide receiver for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Last week we saw Lazard start to take over the take the reins for that second spot, second target for um, the Packers offense. He saw an uh, equal amount of target share to Devontae Adams last week, 24% of the team targets. He had a 12.8 average depth of target. He was running routes on 83% of offensive snaps. He was targeted on 20% of his routes run. Those are elite numbers, especially targets per route run. That's very high. Um, You know, that was his best week of the season. I think he caught a touchdown last week. I think it's a trend that we can, we can bank on at least, you know, staying more. His season long trends are, are, I think lower than what, what we'll see him going forward is the point there. Um, you know, I know there's no Marquez Valdez Scantling, Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, and and his comeback at some point will maybe t- take away some of that focus on Lazard. But um, I just think Lazard's the better receiver at this point. MVS was someone I was optimistic about heading into the season. He hasn't really done much for me, um, and I think Lazard is going to take over that second role. Devontae is someone that when defense when defenses scheme against the Packers. Um, especially like I think about when like when Bill Belichick and his defenses, what they do best is like take away your team's best strength. And that's kind of like been the strategy for a lot of, you know, the elite offenses recently, especially with like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs teams are starting to take away Tyreek Hill and trying to double him. And like that's kind of the strategy that teams will take against Devontae Adams and the Green Bay Packers. And when they take away Adams, who's the next guy they're going to look to? I think it's going to be Lazard. I think, I think Lazard is going to be the next man up in that offense and he's going to, 
he's going to continue to grow there, I think. Um, and I like the opportunity to maybe grab him before he he blows up. Um, also, the Packers, 22nd in pass rate on the season right now. That's not something I would I would expect to continue. They're a really good passing team. Um, and I think that when they start to get more competitive game, game scripts, inevitably, as the season goes on, they'll probably have to pass the ball more, which should bode well for Lazard and the rest of that that receiving core for the Green Bay Packers. Anybody else you want to highlight? Yeah, for me, there's just uh, – I have a couple more guys. Um, at wide receiver, I like Amon Ross St. Brown still. Um, seven points last week, ten uh, the two weeks pre- previous in a row. Uh, eight targets, eight targets, seven targets. With Quintez Cephas out, if he's able to build a better rapport with Jared Goff, he's certainly going to get the opportunity. Um, the question is, can he capitalize on it? But not a bad bench stash. That way, if you do run into injuries or you, you're going through a bipocalypse, definitely somebody you can slot into your flex. Um, and he's only 18% owned. So, you know, I would definitely check your league and, and see if you can't throw him on the back end of your bench. Yeah. One other wide receiver, well, two others I got here. Will Fuller, he was dropped in a few a few leagues this year. I mean, this this last week, uh, 44% roster, now dipping pretty low there. Miami is the highest pass rate in the league right now, surprisingly. You'd be, you would, that's something you would expect. They're passing what? at the highest rate in the NFL, yeah. And Tua, now that he's come back, Tua has a much higher average, average depth of target than Jacoby Brissett. So if Tua is playing quarterback, I like the opportunity to Will Fuller, for Will Fuller to actually um, regain some of his value and, and explosiveness. I, I like Fuller as a buy-low candidate, someone that if he was dropped in, in your league that I would probably try to find space for. Um, also, Michael Gallup, he's been out for a while now on IR. He, he's set to come back very soon. Dallas's offense is just elite, and uh, Gallup is probably going to take away some of the value from guys like Dalton Schultz, maybe a little bit from Ida, a little of the targets from both Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper. I think Gallup is has the talent to at least carve himself out a little bit of a role here for Dallas, um, and, and he's been someone that was dropped in a lot of leagues because of the fact that there were so many other pass catchers in Dallas's offense that have thrived while he's been away. He could have an opportunity to regain some some value. I like that, and I, I like that you brought up Will Fuller too, just because it, it ties into somebody I think you should stash, which is Deshaun Watson, in the off chance that he actually does get traded and yeah. ends up seeing the field. We know when healthy, he's the top five <laughs> yeah, quarterback. We so and we saw him with Fuller in Houston. So the, that combo could be deadly, and and then you know you give him a healthy Jalen Waddle as well, and Devontae Parker, and those are some decent weapons. Um, I know they haven't been entirely productive with with Tua, but you know Deshaun Watson is just a different class of quarterback um, when he's actually playing on the field. Yeah, last guy I wanted to highlight, and he's actually been dropped in a lot of different leagues right now. Carlos Hyde, I think, is one of the best handcuffs in the NFL right now for fantasy. James Robinson has been taking over that number one spot, and he's been elite. He's a, he's a high end RB two, low end RB one right now, and should be. Ru- he, he should be in everybody's lineup when, when not on bye week. He's on bye this week with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Carlos Hyde is an excellent backup. He's, you know, if, if I ask you the question, who is first in rush DVOA right now on offense, I guarantee you, you wouldn't guess the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is the Jaguars. Jaguars are first in rush DVOA on the season right now. They are an offense that wants to run the football well, and they've been doing it. Um, and, and the rush rate has been increasing as the weeks have progressed. They're starting to realize the importance of that run game for their offense. I think if James Robinson were to miss any time, I think Carlos Hyde is a bona fide RB2, high in RB2, maybe even low in RB1 guy. Um, 
kind of got he's going to be a great replacement for Robinson should he miss any time. Uh, if you're a James Robinson owner, might right now might be the week to go out and grab Hyde at the very least, maybe pick him up on waivers if he's available um, following this week. Yeah, and clearly Urban Meyer just loves Carlos Hyde because he was getting such yeah. a high workload and, and being really unproductive in the beginning of the season. So he'll definitely yeah. get his touches if Robinson goes down. Definitely. We're we're working on some running cow, running back handcuff rankings as well. Um, and, and really, I think part of our podcast over the last few weeks has been highlighting the importance of these handcuffs because there are some really great backups in the league. And when running backs go down, especially with the longer season, we have the extra game this year. Teams are going to be starting to place the importance on health and making sure that if, if there's a minor injury, maybe they make sure that they're healthy when they get back onto the field, maybe sit out a game or two. Um, and we've seen the importance of we already, we already listed an abundance of handcuffs that have already become relevant in fantasy. There's going to be more as the season goes on. Other guys that I want to highlight to just throw out there before um, we get to post that article um, of the handcuff rankings. We're, we're, I'm, I'm talking about Kenneth Gainwell for Philly. Philly's really good at running the football, but they refuse to do so. We, we saw this week, um, you know, Sirianni and, and the Eagles, you know, maybe want to run Miles Sanders a little bit more this week and, and going forward and rightfully so. I think they're like fourth or fifth in rush DVOA on the season. Um, actually third. Sorry, I just looked it up right he now. He was nine third. for 56 last week. The whole crowd yeah. was cheering every time they ran because they never run, but then when they do, they're very effective. It's, it, yeah. it's very annoying for all the Miles Sanders owners who's like, just give him the damn ball. He's doing yeah. great when he actually has it. Yeah, so Gainwell is definitely an excellent handcuff for Sanders. Yeah. Joshua Kelly, Austin Eckler is the RB2, I believe, in fantasy right now. If you if he goes down and he he does have a history of some injuries here and there, if he goes down, Joshua Kelly seems to be the next man up. He's starting to grow in the in the uh, into the the RB two spot for that that Chargers depth chart, uh, and he seems to be taking over um, that role uh, uh, over guys like Justin Jackson um, and Larry Roundtree. Um, and I think Joshua Kelly is the best backup for the Chargers in the RB spot. Also, Sony Michelle. You know the the Rams have the easiest rank rest of season schedule for opposing defenses for um, running backs in fantasy football. I really like Daryl Henderson and and by transitive proper, I really like Sony Michelle the rest of the way as as one of the best handcuffs in the league. But there are some guys that if I have the extra roster spot this week, I'm going out to maybe grab if um, if at all possible. I know the 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 buy the buys this week really limiting roster flexibility. So um, we're talking about maybe. These are guys that just put on your radar, put on your wa- your watch lists, um, and pick up when you can before they they hit waiver wire columns inevitably at some point this year. I like it. Yeah, those, those right. handcuffs are going to be vitally important, and we've already seen so far this season. So certainly. All right, Connor, let's get into our biggest movers for our weekly power rankings. We've been doing updated power rankings every week this season, and we uh, decided that maybe we should just be highlighting some of the biggest movers that we see um, week in week week to week. So, Connor, um, who are some of the, the teams that we've seen the biggest um, progression, the biggest upticks this week in, in our power rankings? Well, we had a, a mover jump from all the way outside of our top five to the number one spot overall, and that's the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> that team that, has been freaking on fire. Yeah. And, and I think this kind of go, goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, – I, I, I want to highlight also the Baltimore Ravens. I think we saw the Cardinals and the Ravens last week have two of the most impressive wins we've seen on the season. We saw the Ravens really dominate the Los Angeles Chargers, and we saw the Cardinals dominate a Cleveland Browns team without 
the, the Cardinals were without their head coach, were without their quarterbacks coach. They were without uh, their defensive end. Uh, I think Zach Allen. Um, they were without a good amount of things. And Kyler Murray, the whispers of his shoulder injury were were increasing. It seemed like everything was stacked against them. And they just went out and dominated. They went out and just blew the the Cleveland Browns off the field. And and the 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 Browns had some of their own weaknesses. They had both offensive tackles were declared out on the Sunday, um, you know, before the game. And that was not a good sign heading into that one. You know, no Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield's dealing with the off the off shoulder injury. A lot of problems with them on that side of the football, but an, an impressive win that convinced us finally to just we're gonna buy we're gonna buy the Cardinals. I think they're one of the league's best teams right now. And heading into Week Seven, they're the team I, I would least want to face as as an opposing you know team. If I if I'm a fan of any other team in the NFL, I I would least want to face the Arizona Cardinals right now. And that's the essence of the power rankings. I think the Cardinals are the hottest team in football. Yeah, you know, JJ Watt was asked, um, what you know, what were the reasons that they, you know, are winning this year? And he was just like, Maybe we're just freaking better, you know, maybe that's it. We're a better team this year. Yeah. There's no like secret that we're doing something different in games. We're just, you know, we have better players. And we've certainly seen the development. They they filled out the wide receiver core. They really shored up that line and they're getting pressure against quarterbacks. I mean, this team is second overall in point differential. They're plus 85 against their opponents. And, you know, obviously the last undefeated team left. So it just only makes sense yeah. that they're number one overall in our power rankings. Yeah. My only worry is Kyler Murray's health um, because they rely heavily. They're Out of all the players in the NFL, Kyler Murray's got to be like top five, maybe even top three of most valuable players to their own team. I think mm-hmm. you know, you're in the conversations of like Pat Mahomes, um, you know, Josh Henry. Allen, Derrick Henry. Like These players are like, if they were to miss time, this team is middle of the road probably in our likelihood. The team's identity is built around them. The Lamar Jacksons, yeah, you know. 100%. So there, there are a few players that are more important to their teams than Kyler Murray. And if he were to ever miss any time, that's the biggest worry. But, you know, right now you can't worry about that. Car- the Cardinals are rolling and they're our number one team in the NFL in our power mm-hmm. rankings. Any other teams you want to highlight here on the uh, the biggest movers and shakers for the week? It's not really a mover, but just last week's number one team, the Buffalo Bills, they're still just fantastic. And and I think yeah. we both love them too. It's not like a knock on the Bills that they moved down a spot. It's just, you know, how can you not have the Cardinals at number one at this point? Yeah. Tight, Titans uh, moved up four spots. So on the contrary, I mean, the, I think we were more impressed with the Titans than are disappointed in the Bills. Um, Derrick Henry is really like, like, we talked about him out how, how Kyler's important. Derrick Henry is just equally as important, probably if not more so, to the Tennessee Titans because he. I, I don't need to list you off all the stats. We we've seen them week in and week out now, where Henry is on an absolute historic run of running back effectiveness. Like it's unbelievable what he's doing. And if you're a Derrick Henry owner in fantasy, you better bet your ass. I'm. I'm if I'm owning Henry, I'm. I'm owning Darrington Evans and maybe even uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Nichols. Nichols. Yeah. So you, you better have a backup plan if if you own Henry because he is dominating right now. You can't afford to lose that either um, for the Titans or in fantasy. If we were to draft today, would he be the first overall one. pick? Yeah, he's number one. I don't. I, it's like we keep – for whatever reason, the fantasy football community has this hang-up where it's like he's got so much work under his belt now. We When's the cliff falling? And you can't – you can't worry about that 
pass catching it's, too. We just we but he compensates for it so well with 30 ground touches every single game. You know, he's, and he's by even far getting, leading the league in touches. And he's even getting a little bit more pass catching opportunity than typically he does yeah. um each season. So he's just an absolute stud in fantasy football, an absolute stud in real football. Um and and I really was disappointed in myself uh for not kind of thinking that game would be at least more competitive between the the Bills and the Titans. Um because we saw something similar last year. If you don't if you don't if you remember, you know, the Titans went into Buffalo on Thursday night, I believe, last year and Derrick Henry absolutely dominated the Bills defense that in that same game in the same way pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um we saw the same story develop last last week. And um clearly the Titans are kind of like the Bills kryptonite and I mean, I don't know what defense could really shut down Derrick Henry at this point. He is unbelievable. He's, I can't believe we're the same species as that man. It's in, it's incredible. I don't think <laughs> we are. It's like uh, I like the point. There was a, a fellow NFL. I think it was a either a retired player or a current player said like, uh, Derrick Henry is the the Madden player that you create. Like when you're like putting together like a created player in Madden, he he's is, a Terminator. He is he's awesome. Yeah, it's been unbelievable. Biggest mover um, downward this week, we saw the Carolina Panthers drop five spots in our power rankings. I think it's kind of a reflection of, um, you know, our optimism for teams like, you know, they lost to the Vikings. I think the Vikings looked better than the Panthers all week. I mean, um, all game against them. We saw the Steelers jump ahead of them as well. The Steelers are um, going to live and die on a conservative game plan and it's going to work for them. They're going to, they're going to go right around 500 possibly sneak into the playoffs. And I think that's just, just it's, we're going to be fools to bet against that because they're just so well coached, so well managed. They're not going to be good on offense. They're not Ben, Ben Roethlisberger is not going to lead them to a Super Bowl, but they're going to win enough games to possibly make the playoffs. And, you know, they deserve to be right in the middle of our power rankings. They rank 16th, which is where we have them, um, you know, dead, dead smack in the middle. Mm-hmm. And um, the Panthers are ultimately just we're starting to see Sam Darnold make some mistakes. Um, we're starting He's to see him more like the New York Jets, Sam Darnold. Yeah, less like they're really missing Christian old. McCaffrey. And I, I think when McCaffrey comes back, maybe we'll see the Panthers may creep back up a little bit in our power rankings. But heading into this week, no McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard's good, but he's not McCaffrey. Um, and right. the defense is showing some vulnerabilities now. They looked really good early on. I think they're really missing um, JC Horn and, you know, Stefan Gilmore can't come, you know, come back fast enough. They're going to need him. They just traded for the guy, but it feels like they really need him already. Um, and, and they dropped five spots in our power rankings this week. I think rightfully so. There's just the teams ahead of them. I, I just, I think they're better. I think the other teams ahead of them are better. Vikings, Steelers, Seahawks, Niners, Bengals, Saints. I think all those teams are better than the Panthers at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, Connor. That's going to do it for our biggest movers and shakers. Any other teams you want to highlight before we move on? No, I think I'm done shaking the tree. <laughs> All right, Connor. Let's dive into our week seven picks against the line. We're going to do a quick um, you know, segment of three games we're going to highlight for teams that we like. Um, the biggest games of the week and the rest of our picks we'll get we'll get up on all things analysis uh, before the slate of games tomorrow um, and, and before we get to the games I just want to say like sometimes I, I like to um, try to get these posts up as soon as close to the game times on Sundays as I can with, with by a lot, but also allowing you time to read the column because um, I think that having all the information is important especially never seeing some guys you know 
to crop up on COVID lists. We're seeing injuries get pushed to like game time decisions. We're starting to see things develop late in the week and having all the information available to you is important. Um, Big factor, just having the latest injury news. Yeah. And with that, I, I would say, you know, I would recommend placing your bets as close to game time as possible. And there are times where you see a line that's so valuable, you think it's going to get bet down that you got to jump on it ASAP. And that happens early in the week. But if that's not the case, you got to be aware that like sometimes your best your best strategy is just waiting to that close to game time as possible. Right. So I mean, you of, get like weather information too if you're looking at over unders. Like yeah. last year, there were plenty of times where I would pick a player or I would pick a game to try and target and then not realize that it was in the middle of a freaking monsoon yeah. and, and it's neither get, offense it's, could throw the ball. So, I mean, these there are things that like just being able to make last minute adjustments to the way you're thinking about a game um, are, is very important, you know, based on injury and weather. Good point. Because the weather's only going to get worse as it's, as the seasons get colder too. So mm-hmm. definitely. All right. <laughs> let's kick it off. up in Boston. I'm uh, jealous. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Let's kick it off with the best game of the week in all likelihood. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Two really good teams this week um, in this matchup. An, a, an, an AFC North battle here. This this feels like um, these. this is going to be a prove-it game for the Bengals because they need to compete against their division rivals, the Baltimore Ravens, if they're going to be considered a legitimate candidate to possibly win this division. And, and it, that's what their ambitions seem to be because they've been really good to start the year. This is the only game of the week against two teams with a winning record. Every other te- every wow. other game has at least um, one team with a 500 or worse record. So these are the only two teams facing off with over 500 records heading into week seven. So Bengals right now, they're 23rd in early down success rate on offense. They're 19th in total offense, but they're an incredibly explosive offense. That's been their, been their bread and butter. They're third in yards per attempt on pass plays. They're ninth in explosive pass rate. That's uh, 20 plus yard pass completions. They're 44% of their touchdowns have been scored from outside of the red zone. That's the highest rate of the season. They're coming in to face a excellent hot baltimore ravens team lamar jackson has looked excellent mvp candidate um and he's throwing the football better than he ever has in his career what are your thoughts here with this Bengals ravens team and which side do you lean i lean the ravens um just because watching them they just look so offensively successful and difficult to stop and they're so dynamic this year with Hollywood Brown taking a, a next step. Um, Lamar seems to be throwing the ball with much more accuracy deep down the field. And he has better decision-making, it feels like, when he decides to run the ball or not. And I think that's just him developing and, and learning the game more and being more of a veteran. And, you know, I really think that this team has moved up to the next level despite all of the injury. That was my hesitation in ranking them higher early on in the season just because of their depth issues. But it seems like they've gotten at least a decent veteran crew of running backs and and they filled out some of the holes in their team to be able to, um, you know, still continue to have success and really emphasize their strengths and uh, being able to hide some of those injuries and weaknesses. Yeah, I, look, I respect the the Baltimore Ravens and what they're accomplishing, but I think that this might be a week we see them dip in um, energy level. I think we've seen them have a string of, it seems like it's been every game this season has just been an absolute fire 
drill where it's just like it's so close it's been back and forth it's high rolling honestly last week was their only game this season that we've seen them actually kind of dominate and never mm-hmm. really look back we saw yeah. we saw them get the, the chargers too yeah just like... impressive impressive win and Amazing i think that's what's driving win. that's what's driving this six and a half point spread is just how impressive they were against a, a really good chargers team last week it's what's driving my opinion too because i thought of the chargers as a, as a super bowl contender and the way they they just freaking laid them out i mean i haven't seen the chargers offense look that discombobulated yeah and and that's why this is my favorite game of the week and and not something that i would put personal dough on but i think the Bengals at plus six and a half on this spread is a pretty good value um the Bengals mm. are fifth in defensive dvoa right now the, the they're, they have a better defense than the ravens and the ravens have been excellently schemed i mean we saw them last week shut down justin herbert and an elite chargers offense um and we what was most impressive is the way they performed on third and fourth downs against the chargers but i I think that this uh this week we should see the uh, the Bengals get really tested and you know the 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 i said how important the explosiveness of that offense is for the uh the Bengals. the ravens on on defense they rank right now currently um, they have a 10, uh, 10% explosive uh, rate for pass plays right now on defense, um, which is right around the middle of the pack. I believe they're 16th or 15th um, in explosive in explosive plays um, allowed. They are um, right around the middle of the pack. So I think that's going to bode well for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. I like the opportunity for Jamar Chase um, to maybe catch a long pass. I like the, uh, the opportunity, maybe longest completion prop for Jamar Chase here in this game. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really close battle. And six and a half is a lot of points for um, a Ravens team facing off a good against a good divisional opponent here. And um, I think this is a one-score game. I think the, the Bengals keep this close. And I wouldn't be surprised if this comes down to another last-second field goal with Justin Tucker, you know, in, in his leg. I, I, honestly, it feels like it's going to go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it's six and a half is the only reason I took the Ravens that you at least get the touchdown, but it is in a little bit of an uncomfortable line. It, it's too big of a spread um, for me to feel comfortable putting any type of personal dough. I do think that the Ravens win the game, but I'm a little hesitant about the line. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where when you have the deep threats like Jamar Chase and, you know, you already talked about him, but when they're that explosive, it, it's very easy to at least come from behind and cover a spread, uh, especially if you're going to take a lot of deep shots. We think T. Higgins is an underrated uh, asset as well. So that, yeah. that offense could certainly, um, it's certainly capable of a back end cover in, in a situation like yeah. this. Wouldn't be surprised too for Joe Mixon to break off a big run. Um, Joe Mixon has been really good ever since he came back from that minor injury he had early in the year. The Ravens' defense, while they're middle of the pack for allowing explosive plays in the passing game, um, they're 31st in explosive run plays allowed. So they've been getting, they've been allowing the big running plays on the season. Joe Mixon might be in store for a, a big, a big run at some point this year, a big couple runs. Um, so I'd keep an eye on that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so your Ravens minus six and a half on Bengals plus six and a half. The over under on that one, by the way, forty seven. I pro- I'll probably lean on the over, um, just because this is going to be. Uh, it's kind. Of, it's not. I think these, both these offenses are getting a little bit um, not enough credit. I think they're a little bit underrated. Both those offenses, really good. All right, Connor, Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. The Chiefs are favored by four and a half points. The over under point total is fifty seven and a half. I think this is the highest point total of the week they're expecting a lot of offense in this game 
You know, this year we've oh seen Kansas God. City's defense, right? I mean, incredible. Kansas City's defense this year has allowed the third highest success rate to opposing running backs, 59%. And we'd already talked about Derrick Henry. He's in the midst of an, an absolutely historic stretch running the football. I think Derrick Henry, you could bank on him continuing that run of excellence this week against this Chiefs defense that is incredibly weak and porous against the run. Um, really a, a tough matchup for that Chiefs defense. This is not the week I anticipate that that unit to get things right. Um, and, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee's defense has all their own faults as well. So the 57.5 total is understandable. Probably one of the highest we'll see on the season. Um, but you look at the matchup between these two teams, the Chiefs, I believe, are covering like 40% of their last – um, games dating back to last year they're not really been they haven't not been good against the spread Tennessee is four and one against the spread against the Chiefs in their last five matchups against each other I think there's just some value in Tennessee here I like this line when it was at five and a half it got back it was start, it opened at four and a half got bet to five and a half and bet back down to four and a half um and I I liked it more when it was at five and a half but still um you're over that three I think the Titans keep this game close they're gonna run the football all over Kansas City I just don't see how the Chiefs have a defense um, capable of keeping Tennessee from scoring 30, 30 points. And I think this is going to be a both teams score over 30. I like the over still, over 57.5. I just think that I'm going to take the Titans and the points plus 4.5. Yeah, and then I'm on the other side of it here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the teams that I think are you know, catching a little bit of fire. The Chiefs last week in the second half really put it together um, and and really stretched that game out and, and won big against the, the Washington football team. And they, I, were, I, they looked vulnerable at times last week, though. In the I first half, they certainly on. did with the two turnovers. You know, Tyreek Hill once again letting a ball go through his hand, and then Patrick Mahomes really seemed to be forcing it, um, trying to make extend the plays. But they really seemed to click in the second half, and – I, I really feel like this offense wants to get it together. They lead the league in turnovers. Um, so I'm kind of doing an oppo play and, and thinking that they really want to leave their starters out on the field, even if they get a decent lead. You know, they really want worried. these guys to click. I, I, I'm not worried that they're going to continue to turn the ball over because I really feel like it's the situations that Patrick Mahomes has been put yeah. in by certainly, um, you know, Tyreek Hill and, and some of his other offensive skill position players. Uh, I think it's yeah. more of a fluke because, you know, we, we talked about his QBR and how outstanding he's been playing aside from those turnovers. So with without putting the defense in vulnerable positions, um, it's going to be tough for the, the Titans to maintain pace. AJ Brown still dealing with a stomach bug. Apparently he can't keep any food down. Julio's still dealing with, um, you know, a nagging injury as well. So if they get down at all, it's, it's really tough to rely on Derrick Henry to come back in a game. So if the chiefs do get out to an early lead, I think they should cover um, the four and a half uh, in that situation. I I, I could see this going both ways, but, Honestly, I, I mean, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey have qu- questionable tags, both kind of nagging injuries in their own right. So I think it kind of it's a little bit of a wash, a little bit of a wash in terms of the, the health, the, the injury report. Um, but look, this is going to be a high scoring, high, high octane game. I think it's going to be exciting. All right. Last matchup we'll highlight Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are favored by three points coming off that prove it. I mean, that, you know, surprise win last week against the Denver Broncos. We saw the John Gruden, you know, storyline drama play out. The Raiders ended up coming back, winning the game for their team. And uh, the over the over under point total is 48 and a half in this week seven matchup. 
I think it's going to be a game determined by which defense allows the biggest explosive plays um, because both these offenses rank in the top eight in explosive play rate. And the defenses rank in the top five in the least amount of explosive plays allowed. Explosive passes allowed, sorry. So, you know, both these teams, their defenses are built to keep things in front of them. They allow, you know, they allow teams to run the football against them. They're both pretty poor against the run, but they expect, you know, offenses to, to play conservatively. And that's what they, that's what they bank on. And these teams are actually pretty similar. And I think there's some good value here for the Eagles minus three, I mean, plus three, sorry. Um, you know, Vegas actually though, five and one against the spread in the last six games against Philly. So the trends have been going against them. I think we'll start to see some regression against the mean with this one, because we saw talk about Miles Miles Sanders getting some possible heavier workload in this game. That should bode well for them because the Raiders have been struggling against the run. The Eagles rank third in rush DVOA, but they're 31st in rush rate. That does not add up. Those needs those numbers need to get close to each other. Um, and hopefully we see the rush rate for the Eagles kind of increase this week. I hope I'm hoping for ideally a big Miles Sanders week. Yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping the Eagles can put it together. I, I like their team. I like um, Jalen Hurts a lot. He's been looking really shaky in the passing game the past few weeks in his decision-making. Um, and I think that if they're able to establish the run early with some Miles Sanders, and then they're going to be able to open up the field with some play action and maybe provide them with some easier opportunities um, to create a little bit more separation so that the ball's not in Hurts' um, hands so often. Uh, where he's either running or, or, you know, making a decision to pass. And, you know, he's still learning the game. He's, he's still um, too young to hand the reins over completely to. Um, so I, if they do actually commit to the run with Miles Sanders, I do think that'll at least uh, relieve some of the pressure for him and allow the Eagles to win this game. I agree. All right, so we're both on the Eagles minus three there. Look to our website for the rest of our picks against the lines for this week. Um, we've been doing pretty good on that. We've been over 500 each of the weeks that we've posted. Um, so keep an eye on that, and uh, we're going to continue to keep that going the rest of the season. All right, Karin, let's dive into our daily fantasy lineups here. Um, oh, would yeah. You mind, would you mind letting us know how the listeners know how we've been doing in our DFS lineups um, before we jump into this week's? Yeah, last week was a big week for a lot of teams. Uh, so we actually did not cash last week. So both of us looking for a bounce back, but we definitely had some good suggestions. A few of our long shots hit in the DFS article. So even though our lineups didn't cash, we certainly had a lot of the right pieces called out, just not the right mix. Um, but that'll happen if you're only submitting one lineup. Typically, you know, you're playing with the similar base roster of players that you like, and then you can kind of fill in the adjacent pieces. So I think what we, what we can do this week is uh, maybe call out the players that we're most confident in as well in our lineups. Um, that way people know kind of who to, who to make uh, the, the rosters around and kind of fill in with some of their own op- opinion around that. Definitely. All right, buddy, you want to read us um, the lineup you have set for this week? Yeah, so, you know, going right back to somebody we talked about, Jalen Hurts, he has been shaky up and down, but one thing that has been consistent is his fantasy production. So, I mean, he's one of the safest quarterbacks um, in terms of uh, fantasy output because of his rushing baseline. So he hasn't had a game worse than 22 points. If I'm getting him, 
at 6,900, I'm feeling very confident having him in my roster. Um, you know, the chalkiest of chalk plays then is my running back with Derrick Henry. He He's going to be in almost every roster. You should feel extremely confident playing with him against the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people are going to have Chiefs and Titans in their roster, so that's one thing to be aware of. This is going to be a very common roster play. So one of those things that if you do decide to build a, an off Derrick Henry roster, you will at least have some variance against what the rest of the field is playing, but the likelihood that he hits, he's definitely just one of my locks this week. I'm going to build a lot of rosters around Derrick Henry. Um, the second guy I have is Khalil Herbert, and this is very much dependent on whether Damian Williams is going to play or not, but Damian Williams was an unvaccinated player, meaning it takes 10 days for him to come off the COVID list, um, and you need that full time uh, with when you're being asymptomatic. So this is one of those situations where it actually does matter to know whether your player was vaccinated or not, and it has it is going to have an impact on whether Damian Williams is available this week. It's looking unlikely at this point, but there is a no, chance he that is. he's. I think he is playing. Uh, there's they, there's they, a they activated chance. him. Okay, they activated him. So they're yeah. probably coming off of Khalil Herbert, but the next guy in my lineup is Devonte Adams, 8,900. He's an absolute lock for me as well. Um, just the, the safest target share in the league. He's playing against Washington, a bad defense. So if I'm able to have Devonte Adams and Derrick Henry in my roster, I'm just confident that they're going to be right up. They're the top at their positions. I absolutely love that. Another secondary piece in that Kansas city, Tennessee game is Miko Hardman, a little bit of a deeper play. Probably won't have him in all my lineups, but love the, upside that uh, that resides with Miko Hardman and what we think is going to be a really high scoring game. Then I have Jalen Waddle, uh, you know, with Tua back in the lineup, uh, Jalen Waddle was explosive last week, two touchdowns. I think he's going to continue to get a lot of targets. Really like him against Atlanta. At tight end, I have OJ Howard. Now he's got also got a questionable tag, but I really liked his activity last week with Gronk off the field. He looked really good. Tom Brady loves to throw the tight ends. Uh, I liked seeing uh, OJ Howard. You know, we know he has the talent and the draft pedigree. So when he gets the opportunity, he's really good. Then at flex, I have Amon Ross St. Brown, somebody we talked about earlier in the show. He's getting a good target share, and that's very important in a PPR where as long as he's catching the ball, he's going to get some points, even if the yards aren't there to back it up. And then lastly, I have the Eagles defense at 2,300. I'm just kind of looking at the bottom of the barrel teams there. I, I never like to spend up at defense. Um, and they, fa- they face Las Vegas, who, um, you know, I, we don't think this is going to be the highest scoring game. Both of these teams like to run the ball. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts certainly does too. So uh, I'm hoping that that at least tampers the score a little bit in their favor. Yeah, I like it, buddy. I like the the Jalen Waddle one. One thing I wanted to highlight for you, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, his average depth of target is 3.8. But with Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback, his average depth of target jumps up to 9.1. Wow. Yeah, so the explosiveness thing you're you're seeing that you're talking about, that's a number that really depicts that. Um, He's he's getting a lot of more efficient work when two was behind center. So I like that. I like that play this week. Only 5,600. So yeah, Waddle looks like a great value, especially if two is going to be playing quarterback. I, I love that stat. Okay. My lineup for the week, Aaron Rodgers kicking it off against the Washington football team, $7,500 for the, the Packers who the Packers quarterback who owns the Chicago bears. He might as well own the Washington <laughs> football team this week as well. He, the, the Washington football team is the number one. Um, t- they're, they're, they're allowing the, the most, fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks on the season right now their defense is so Rodgers is in store for a big week this week i anticipate i'll have him in my lineup for just 7500 dollars my rb1 on the week 
Daryl Henderson for the Los Angeles Rams, my RB1, $6,600. Right now, the Lions are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs on the season. They're first by three points per game, about uh, 27.4 points allowed to opposing running backs, their defense. So a really great matchup here for Daryl Henderson, someone who has seen his work share, his workload increase as the season's gone on. He's a bona fide RB1, a top five smash play for me on the week um, this week with with Daryl Henderson. My RB2, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard probably getting one of his last, maybe one or two starts on the season before McCaffrey comes back. We'll see what happens after that. But Hubbard going to be the guy this week. The Giants are allowing the sixth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Their defense is it's a good matchup for Hubbard. We've seen Sam Darnold start to struggle. His rushing game isn't providing that big floor for him. So I think they start to, you know, maybe look to Hubbard at, to carry some of that extra workload. He's been having, he's been averaging, averaging um, I think like 13 or 14 points per week over the last three weeks as a, as a starting running back for Carolina. He's a solid RB2 play for me this week. $6,100 in the RB2 spot. My wide receiver one, Devontae Adams. You know, same reasons with Rodgers. This is going to be a great game. I know you had him as well. Um, the, the, the Washington football team is allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. This is a defense that is just not playing nearly as well as it, as expected heading to this season as they were last year. This Washington football team is just not a defense that people respect right now. This offense for the for the Packers is going to play really well this week, I anticipate. I like that stack with Rodgers and, and Adams in most DFS lamps this week. My wide receiver two spot, I'm going to go with someone who decided to take last week off, coping cut to come into this week a lot healthier, ready to go, um, Calvin Ridley with the Atlanta Falcons took last week off um, the London game last week off just for personal reasons. Not really clear why coming back this week, $6,600 for a potential wide receiver one. You know, the upside is there with Ridley when he's played this year, he's seen an elite amount of target share in that Atlanta Falcons offense. Miami's defense allows the third most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. I think Ridley's got a great matchup, a great target share. He should have a big fantasy week this week. He's priced out like a wide receiver two when he has wide receiver one overall upside. So that's a great value. My wide receiver three, and I really wanted to get a piece of this passing game this week um, because I think there's a lot of value in these receivers. I'm going to go with Darius Slayton, wide receiver for the New York Giants. And someone that I know Connors really loved um, as a player I think there's an opportunity for an elite target share this week with Slayton. I think Sterling Shepard's supposed to come back. He's questionable. It seems like he's a true game time decision. And even if he does play, you have to wonder how healthy his he is, how how able he's going to be for a major target share in this offense. Someone who, you know, Shepard when he's played has been an elite target hog. And I think some of those are going to go to Slayton this week because he's the healthier of the two. I think um, Dante Pettis is someone that could maybe even be a decent value for this Giants passing game. You know, the Panthers' pass defense has not been elite. They've been allowing a decent amount of passing game over the last few weeks. Um, I think Slayton's a good wide receiver three value, just $4,000, a good value play for me. The targets are going to be there for him. My tight end, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard for the Philadelphia Eagles. They traded Zach Ertz. They're ready to commit fully to Goddard. The Vegas uh, football team is allowing a good amount of uh, points to opposing tight ends right now. They rank seventh in points allowed to opposing tight ends. I think it's going to be a great week for Goddard. 
po- uh, poised to get an elite amount of targets for that offense. My flex, Rashad Bateman. We saw Bateman last week share in his NFL debut. He shared the uh, most targets in that offense with Mark Andrews in his first game in the NFL. Wow. First game. And we saw him get the same amount of targets as Mark Andrews in his first game. Um, and someone that they drafted in the first round, they clearly want this guy to have a big role in their offense. He's priced just $3,400. I think he's a good value uh, in the flex this week. I think he's also a great stash if you could manage to get him in your fantasy teams. I think he's someone that I'm definitely trying to get um, shares of before he blows up because I think it's inevitable, especially with the way that Baltimore has been passing the football better this year. And then the defense, for the same reason as you, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, like I said earlier, you know, the, the Vegas Raiders really their bread and butter on offense is the explosive pass play. The Eagles rank, I think, third in explosive pass pass rates allowed. They're a defense that keeps things in front of them. I don't think their offense, the the Raiders offense is going to w- run the football effectively enough with Jacobs to make this a, a, a poor play. This is a good EV play right here. Um, I expect a lot of value out of just $2,300 for that Eagles defense. Love it. All right, buddy. You want to read back your lineup one more time before we we, uh, we send it off here? Yeah, and, and this one I might end up tweaking before I post because, you know, Damon Williams was activated off the COVID list three hours ago, so you got me there. Um, yeah. But still important to know who I was liking otherwise. I'll, I'll see if I can swap somebody you in. You probably find a comparable value for that. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 6,900. Uh, Derrick Henry, 9,200. Khalil Herbert, 5,200. So that's where I'm, I'm looking to replace. Devontae Adams, 8,900. Nicole Hardman, 4,300. Jalen Waddle, 5,600. OJ Howard, 3,400. Amon Ross St. Brown, 4,100. And the Eagles D at 2,300. My guy, Miles Sanders, $5,100. He's $100 cheaper than Khalil Herbert. Oh, I, I love I, it. There we go. That's a good there. pivot. That's a swap. All right, I'm going to go with my lineup. Aaron Rodgers, Daryl Henderson, Chuba Hubbard, Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, Darius Slayton, Dallas Goddard, Rashad Bateman, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's a good week for us, Connor. We're going to do well in the DFS. We're going to put those positive vibes out there, buddy. I love it. <laughs> okay, man. Let's uh, let's sign it off here. Any last words before we uh, you know, wish people luck for the week seven games? Wish me luck at the party tonight. Uh, you know, <laughs> got to make sure I clean up in time. So yeah, don't I'm get too hungover for the off. games tomorrow, or, or <laughs> just true. get real hungover and then just have a real sloppy breakfast and enjoy it on the couch where you watch some football. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'll make sure not to drink too much vampire blood tonight. Um, but everybody who's celebrating Halloween this weekend, next week, I don't know, dude. I gotta, I gotta go find some stuff. That's why I gotta get out of here. That is the worst. <laughs> that is the worst situation that happens every oh, year. It's terrible. You just go into Halloween. Then the day of, you're like, man, I don't have a costume. You got to dig through your oh, closet, try to find I'm something. Slap like, some like red paint here or there. And like, what are you on bloody? I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, allthingsanalysis.com. You know, we got the, we got the articles coming out every single week with the with the um, you know the against the spread, your Ben's best bets, the DFS plays of the week, including their, our value plays and, and our long shots. So you know, it's just a little bit of extra level of detail right there on the website. Uh, so make sure to check it out. We'll post on social media when we post that stuff. Otherwise, just go to allthingsanalysis.com. All things yeah. And Demi has a really cool mobile design coming out very soon for us too. So I thought that was that's something that I want to talk about too because she showed us some of the the beta, the in, the first look of what she's kind of designing. I thought that was pretty cool stuff because the mobile design has been something that has been an area of improvement for us. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a lot of things are deployed, and we're looking to add some some comment and like and share features. And so we're we're definitely deploying some new cool stuff. And obviously, we've come a long way in the in the past year as well. Uh, I think we're on our yeah. third platform at this point, and our excuse me, our fifth redesign. Uh, but everything is looking really sleek, really digestible for our users. So the user experience is a lot better um, on allthingsanalysis.com. Very cool. All right, everybody, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Vicious Talk with Benny P on all your podcast platforms. Really appreciate the help. We, um, we've been getting steady listeners over the last few weeks. We're starting to see, starting to see some spikes. Um, we're going to con- continue to try to give our best advice here on the podcast. Um, and, you know, as we continue to say, with more data under our belt, it's going to only get easier for stat heads like ourselves. So keep listening here, um, and we're going to do our best to steer you in the right direction in all your fantasy and gambling endeavors. <laughs> all right, Connor. That's going to do it here. Episode 88 in the books of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Don't forget to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious? <laughs>